Hey, canners, it's time for 30 minutes of unadulterated and uncensored shenanigans. Get ready to call HR because you're going to need sensitivity training after this. Gear up because it's going to hurt worse than writ training in July. Welcome to the Can Man Radio Show with your host, Jason Liska. Welcome to episode four of the Can Man Radio Show, coming to you from the Florida State Fire College today. I want to welcome my co-host, Mark uh, Goldfeder from uh, our group, the Cornerstone Group, also Five Bugles Institute. We're back. We are back. We are back. And uh, we got a lot to talk about today in this 30 minutes. We're going to follow up on Edgewater, where oh we my started. Gosh. What a great time that was. That was an amazing experience. And the fellowship and the brotherhood we had out there was second to none. Absolutely. Um, we're going to talk about your journey uh, over the past several months, some things people didn't know about you. And we're going to follow up on uh, something that occurred in the last couple of weeks involving one of my own brothers. So. I want to thank Chief Miller Media for sponsoring us. Uh, Chief Miller is our patriarch, and uh, we do appreciate all the effort he puts into making sure our podcasts get recognized out there across the country. Go, so, Chief. Thank you, Chief Miller. Look forward to seeing you here soon on the 11th, and uh, we're going to move forward here. So, again, welcome back to Episode 4. We are we are here in Ocala now. We are we are here. We are in the, the central we – are, we are in the epicenter of fire service training and education for the, the state hub. of Florida. The, We're in the hub. hub. Okay, it's like American Airlines, like Delta. We're at the hub of firefighting for the Absolutely. state of Florida. That's right. From the Keys to Jacksonville to the Tampa Bay area, out to the Panhandle. Those are all the satellite, yeah. little, the little puddle yeah, jumper no, flights, and here's the hub. We're, we're where it is, where it happens. And, you know, the nice thing is I'm up here teaching tactics this week to a bunch of firefighters. You know, I've got uh, middle-aged firefighters just starting out in this career. They bring a lot of value and mindset to the table. I've got a lot of young firefighters, one who, in fact, isn't even hired yet, but took advantage of the fact that Florida provides a free class to their new firefighters within a year of graduating standards. So they get to come up here take a class for free you know I highly recommend coming up here and doing things like building construction tactics one you know these are classes that are bread and butter you know for the new firefighter absolutely and especially where you and I have had the conversation you know with me teaching the uh, uh, a fire officer one academy for a department in, in uh, Pinellas County mm. we've talked about that which classes are the theory which classes are the practical application is there an order that is best suited and to see that these guys are up here taking one of those principal theory and application classes before they're even on the job, that's a cool mindset. That's something that is a very great first step. And they're asking great questions, okay? It's not just your standard, we pull a hose and put water on things. The, the theory is why. And we need to understand the dynamics that go into that. I mean, we're talking about being able to understand building construction, reading a building, all right, looking at the signs of the smoke, being able to read the smoke, looking at fire conditions, looking at things that can be utilized to stop the fire. You know, if we gotta close the door, we close the door before we go in, we prevent flow path. There's so many different approaches. 
let's talk about outside of residential tactics. You know, we live in a state that has ports, all right? Your neck of the woods. You have fuel trucks that commute in and out of those ports, all right? Absolutely. They the ride Tampa is yeah, huge. Major thoroughfare for all your fueling needs throughout the state of Florida. So the theory is what goes out in the morning, you know, usually is full and what comes back in the evening is usually empty. So that gives you a change in perspective of what am I dealing with? Do I have a full fuel tanker or an empty fuel tanker? And that can make or break a situation in a lot of ways. But let's move forward into the, the real heart of what, we're, uh, what we want to talk about today. We, we had the opportunity with our last podcast to share with you the fact that we were teaching in Edgewater, Florida, and we were teaching our foundational leadership program. And we're super proud of what that program has evolved to. And again, we're missing our third leg. You know, we're missing Kevin Schultz. And, and you know, being in Chicago, it's not his fault. Go Cubs. Farmer Just, Kevin. Farmer Kevin. And he, he's a good farmer. Again, chicken and the eggs, I'm telling you. We, we, were, tell, we were talking about calling him FK the other day. FK? Farmer FK, Kevin? Farmer Kevin. Mm, okay, I can see that going go that, Yeah, go ways. that sideways, but that's yeah, okay. That's, that's, what that's we do. fine. Listen, Kevin, you, you have your own moniker. But, um, but hey, the tripod may not be short a leg for much longer. Oh, well. yeah. That's another point we'll be coming to here shortly. Yeah, because we have opportunity coming up here in January uh, with Fire Rescue East, but we'll tease that a little bit now and tell you more after we get done with Edgewater. So... Let's do first impressions. Let's talk about Edgewater, Mark. What do you what do you feel we took away from that department? Um, it, it was really clear to me, and in, in not so much the program presentation and the reception of the program presentation, but the feedback that we got in mm -hmm. in the question and answer, and then the post discussion that we had with some of their admin. Um, they needed this. They did. They they need they are they are in the middle of what we call our sinkhole. Yep. And and that sinkhole, I don't think it's finished opening up or maybe it just finished opening. They've had some significant challenges. Yep. It's not something that's isolated to any one department. It's the same type of stuff that happens all over the country and all over the world. Mm -hmm. They're just in their time going through the cycle. And they kind of needed to hear it from from a, a perspective of guy brothers that have been there yep brothers that have experienced it both personally and organizationally absolutely um and i think they were extremely receptive to what we had to say you know when i first got into this profession um and i mean as in the field not from a dispatch perspective um but when I started with Putnam County, I, I walked into a, a department that was in transition for the fourth or fifth time uh, in a matter of five years, okay? And let's talk about this for a second. You know, transition occurs often. You know, we've seen it occur even in our most recent days, you know, with the fire chief of Orange County taking his resign and then moving forward and uh, looking for bigger and better ventures. And, you know, look at all the good things that Otto did in Orange County. And fire chiefs are, you know, good and bad, you know, there's there's both on both sides of the spectrum but why do you think departments go through such transitional phases why do you think we see a lot of leadership transition on a more frequent basis I think there's a couple reasons behind it I think first of all you have a generational perspective and that applies from two different sides of the coin it's what the older generation grew up knowing in the fire service what they learned as part of the fire service and the expectations that they had to come to understand and generate for their for themselves okay but at the same time you've also got the new generation of firefighter who has a completely different perspective a different set of uh, personal and cultural values yeah uh, they're the way they like to interpret or or the expectations that they have mm -hmm. for themselves and for the um, for the uh, 
for themselves and for the organization, excuse me. And what this does is this reinforces, you know, when we talk about the folks that are now in this leadership position, this, this senior leadership, the roof of, of this structure, um, the question is, can they adapt? Can they change? Yeah. And, you know, it's no secret. Uh, the ability to change humans are naturally hardwired to resist change. We talk about firefighters all the time. Two things they hate. Change and staying the same. And staying the same. And and so where this the critical element of this is, is you've got to have a, a fire chief as the face of the organization, as the leader, as the person that's going to protect this roof and start everything in motion. They've got to be the ones that can accept the fact that there is going to be a need for change. We have to change. We will change. And then they have to accept it. But more importantly, they have to facilitate that change process within their organizations. But it's not just their organization. Think about the fact that they have to deal with the political side of the fire service more in depth than the average firefighter does, okay? They have a commission to please, a city or a county manager. And then, of course, that all evolves around the constituents as well that put these elected officials in office. And if the fire chief is uh, you know, capable of upsetting the constituents, that'll upset the commission, and that can be detrimental. And it's not intentional at all times. I mean. There are periods where we see the need to increase the amount of revenue a department takes in. So the moment we start talking about budget increases, what happens? There's typically a revolt inside of a community. They do not want it. They do not support it because it's taking money out of their pocket. I don't necessarily think that Edgewater was in that position, but what I did see was a young fire chief emerging into the capacity of doing something great with a department uh, chock full of potential with good company officers that needed to hear, like you said, the outside perspective looking in. They needed to hear what we were able to share with them versus hearing it from their people where it would fall on deaf ears in most cases or it would go in one ear and out the other. We were able to share perspective with them on being a leader, you know, understanding what it means to support your people, uh, talking about even their own struggle with mental health issues inside of the department and how that's affected them. Absolutely. And, you know, we were talking about it um, on, with various people and on different levels. I mean, you know, it, one of the things that I like most in this particular example, one of the things that is tying them together is the fact that while even though he is... Um, a younger fire chief in the level of experience he yeah. has as a fire chief. He came up through their ranks, so they have a pretty good idea as to who he is, the type of character he is. They have an understanding as to, yes, he supports his members, he wants the best for his members, but he's got a job to do in monitoring the budget and the executive administrative stuff. Absolutely. But I think it, and, and he selected a gentleman in Dan Ruth. Uh, who's going to be a great second in command for him because he's also come up through the ranks. He was sure. he's a battalion chief, so they're going to have an administration there that's going to find their way. Yeah, and as with anyone else, they'll have some learning opportunities along the way. But they've got the they've got the trust and credibility from their membership. And I noticed that too. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And and, and in that respect, those are probably the two most critical. Uh, factors of leadership. Well, you know, the fact that we walked into a Q&A session with his department, you know, that the chief was basically unveiled. You know, he didn't he didn't hide behind any type of bugle or any type of badge or any type of rank. He sat there and he was just transparent with his department. He wasn't standing behind a podium. Nope. He wasn't taking a power position behind a desk. Nope. He was talking to them. He was sitting in a chair in the middle of the room, just 
chilling out with the boys and, and the girls. Think honestly. about the psychological effect on that for people. When you see your fire chief, do you not bow up a little bit because you want to make a good impression? Well, when the fire chief is lax and he wants to hear you, it's, it, it can definitely mess with the mind. But I think that was done to put his people at ease in effort to and help from, them communicate. You know? And from what we saw when we were, walked in there, like you said, I thought he did a great job. It was informational. It was non-threatening. It was non-confrontational. He let his people speak, share their concerns. Yeah. I, I have no Nothing but props for him. And boy, we pulled out, uh, what, three and a half hours of uh, curriculum out of that entire morning? Oh, that was awesome. It was a long morning. It was a long morning. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I wanted to go home and pass out after that. Yes. And well, you didn't have, you know, too much of a drive. No, you, but you brought me home. So it was even better. <laughs> it did. And we hung out for a while. Exactly. You got the, I hung out on my couch. And as soon as you left, Brutus got on my lap and I took a nap. And that was the end of the day right there. Perfect. But, you know, we have something to look forward to. And, and it's my understanding that we're, we're going to be teaching at uh, Fire Rescue East here in January. We got the confirmation that our foundational leader program will be coming out and, and we'll be there all three days of training. I'm excited about that. I am I am so stoked for multiple reasons because each one of our presentations that we've done so far, we've found a couple of things to augment and yep. tweak. And yep. now here we are, we're in October. We've got basically three months that that you, me and Kevin, Kevin, you, myself, whatever you want to call it, the three of us. The the three amigos. The three amigos. Um, maybe we'll do, never mind. Uh, <laughs> the three amigos, when we get to Fire Rescue East, we can take out all the stops. Exactly. And, and it's so awesome. I mean, the videos, the information, and with Kevin coming down, being able to share the, the other component of our perspective. Yep. It's important to have that third wheel, that that aspect. I say the third leg of stability. How about that? I like it. Um, I, the third wheel sounds so impersonal, in, in, in but you know, the, you're, you're better than a I third wheel. I didn't realize wheel. it was a date. We're not okay. dating. We're, who's going Dutch on this? Are we Are we going Dutch or are you paying? Because I, I, I don't have a lot of money. I'm a broke fireman. Yeah, we'll, we'll let them handle it Exactly. For us. But you know, it's exciting because Fire Rescue East is going to open up some opportunity to reach out to brothers and sisters from all across the Southeast, not just Florida, but but departments as far north as the Carolinas and as far west as Alabama, Mississippi, they come down for this event, you know, and they want to they want to learn. They want to be part of this event. So I'm excited that we have this opportunity to actually get out there and teach our program. I, you know, and and you have to put a nod out to Frank Ennis on this. Oh, absolutely. Um, Frank is is kind of the, the behind the scenes guy with this. He's coordinating everything for for Fire Rescue East. He's been a mentor to both you and I. Absolutely. Um, love the knowledge, love the drive, and the fact that he's taking it in a new direction and what yep. he's doing with the program layout, having this track format. Uh, so we got to give a nod out to, to Frank and, of course, the Fire Chiefs Association for, for recognizing us and giving us the opportunity. So. Absolutely. Well, let's transition into... Um, something that occurred in the last couple of weeks and it's going to tie into our experience where we first met each other in a sense um two weeks ago one of my good friends and battalion chiefs over the venom team and our ems uh component of the department uh, suffered a sudden cardiac arrest uh, while being assessed by our crews 42 years old father of uh, two uh, stepfather to two more. Uh, he's been a firefighter as long as I have for 22 years in this department. Uh, he has uh, been a mentor and a role model and a friend and uh, you know just a true leader. Uh, you know someone who didn't take opportunity to shirk his responsibility, but instead challenged 
uh, the, the mediocre aspect of our service to make it better for all of us. And you gotta, you, you got to hand it to a person who's capable of reaching out and, and creating such a, a presence when he is around you that you're attracted to. You know, you want to be a part of that. Um, you know, he suffered uh, four more arrest situations uh, while on the cath lab table. Uh, he made it through that, and uh, today he's going home. Uh, he, Outstanding. He is uh, two weeks after cardiac arrest. He's going home, and he's going to start the rehabilitation process and his road to recovery, and it's an amazing thing. Um, and, and before we go into what exactly happened between us back in April... Okay, um, I want to briefly uh, share something that Chief Miller has done for us. Uh, he's created a shirt for Danny Miller. Uh, mm -hmm. It's the Miller Strong shirt, and it's available at Chief Miller Apparel, uh, chiefmillerapparel.com. And it's uh, $25, but all proceeds are going to Danny, and we're going to keep that shirt up and running uh, as long as we can. And, and we couldn't thank Chief Miller enough for stepping up and uh, taking the lead on this because between that and the GoFundMe and our charitable organization inside of Lake County, we've, we've raised close to $10,000 for Danny so far. That's that's absolutely amazing. And so, it's, it, you know, first of all, it's it's absolutely amazing that uh, that Danny was able to walk out of the hospital yep. or, or get out of the hospital yep. there. You know, he beat the odds already just by doing that. Um, and Chief Miller for what he's doing and the GoFundMe and everything else. Uh, you know, we, we you and I have had many conversations about the challenges that occur within the firefighter family. You know, we joke around that we're family, although it's a as much dysfunctional family sometimes as others are. But you know what? Just to see, you know, and I've seen it. We, you know, with what happened in in Pasco County down there with a firefighter and his family, and some of the other incidents that have happened around the state here recently. Once again, it comes back is that when there's a brother down. The brotherhood steps up, yep. and and that's really what it's all about. Such a such an awesome awesome thing to have happen. And it, and it was. And to to pigtail on that, to add to that, I want to tell you, um, the 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 organization, our department, really stepped up, and and we were by the family side every day. Okay, they were people in and out of that hospital, ensuring that you know his wife was not alone, and that always uh, a, a member of of the brotherhood was there to support her and him. And you know, a lot of us haven't been able to see Danny because of the fact he was in isolation precautions. Only a handful of people have gone back, but everything I've heard has been very positive as far as his recovery. And well, he's got a long road ahead of him. He's alive. He's with us. And you know, it brings me back to the evening, you know, in question that we talked about uh, just a few minutes ago in April. Uh, we were both here teaching, and uh, you know, it was uh, nine o'clock at night, and about ten o'clock at night, I think, somewhere in that ballpark, and. The phone rings and it's hey I need you to come down to my room and and uh, I need uh, I need your help and I come down and I find you very sick um, you you were definitely not looking well and you didn't want to go to the hospital at first you know you changed your mind after feeling uh, feeling the situation out and and you know we went back to my room and I gave you uh, I gave you a little bit of time to recover and recoup and and you said finally no let's go let's go let's just fucking go let's get to the hospital and what ended up happening. Uh, I got five stents in my heart. Yeah, five stents in your heart. Okay. <laughs> At 46. Four blockages. Okay, five stents. Think about that for a second. How old are you? 46. Okay, 46. Reasonably 45 good health, at the time. right? Yeah, you were 45. You hadn't turned 46 yet. Um, that, that was probably 
uh, next to Danny's situation, one of the biggest eye-opening uh, scenarios I've been in, uh, seeing you go through that process. And, you know, I was able to be there for the entire process of the cath while you were up there getting taken care of and watch this, uh, this whole thing pan out where they were taking that occluded area and restoring blood flow. The doctor coming in and talking to me and saying, you're part of the elite 1% crowd now, you know, that you shouldn't have technically made it through the night. You know, you could have easily ended up in Danny's situation. You yep. know, you could have easily been there and and potentially not come back because of the level of occlusion you had in your heart. But what does that say for us as a profession? You know, what you went through, your experience, what do you have to share and relate to our peers to help them uh, better understand the potentials that happen to us? I guess one of the things that I I could share. I mean, I, I've never been the model of fitness. Uh, I've never been, you know, like a cross trainer or muscle bound or whatever you want to call it. My my levels of fitness have never been great. But what I can tell you is that my heart always looked good. My my blood work always looked good. Um, what I can tell you in this case, based on my own examples, is that stress almost kills. Yep. Uh, because for me. Uh, three years ago, 2016, I had my annual physical. I had a CT angiogram with contrast, which is just you know a, a three-dimensional picture color <laughs> of my heart. Cardiologist looks at it and goes, um, "You look great. You're clear. You're good for the next 15 years." And then three years later, three years later, uh, scientifically, there's no legitimate reason that we should be having this conversation slash podcast. Understood. So, understood. Um, you know, for my situation, you know, the takeaway is for our brothers is mind your stress, mind your diet, uh, mind you know all of the the significant components that can help you to have a healthy and uh, a long healthy life and career. Uh, one of the biggest things, you know, my eyes got opened in ways that I never thought uh, because of this incident. And I, I look at life through a whole nother prism. And I truly understand people, or excuse me, I truly understand and appreciate people like yourself and the friendship that we've built because we talk about in, in our program about our, our three pillars of stability. And, yep. and we, for you and I, we have become that go-to guy when when the shit hits the fan or there's a problem or if i messed up or you messed up we're capable of looking at each other and saying hey what the fuck yeah it's it's really? just all that it's the sounding board and just calling each other out and reminding each other to keep things in perspective yeah uh, i mean of course i would be remiss if i didn't put out the appropriate props for my wife who held everything together by some miracle she is she is your <laughs> wife she is phenomenal no <laughs> she, doubt you know uh, next month we have our, our anniversary or this month actually excuse me we're into October already wow okay yeah hey. you just got uh, back from a cruise too yes three weeks and we're we're, we're celebrating our anniversary I didn't and think it was possible for you to get any tanner than you are but uh, you know I, I'll work on that for you yeah, I mean you, you were on a cruise in the Caribbean and, and you're still a pasty white guy I don't get that that's you know that's a talent that's that's difficult I mean that's, that's <laughs> years of hard work yeah, years of dedication that's it yeah exactly but, uh, no but you know it, it it all comes back to just looking at everything and going, hey, you know what? Don't stress about everything. Yeah. And and one of the doctors that I've been I've been talking with as part of my 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 ongoing PTSD, uh, he keeps reminding me, you can't control the world, you can't control life, you can't control situations, you can't even control outcomes. The only thing that we can control is the decisions that we make at any given time based on the information that's presented to us. And once you make that decision, 
It's beyond your hands. You know, and it sounds a lot like the principles that we preach to our company officers and to our emerging leaders about focusing on what's immediate, what you can control, okay, the environment around you. You know, we can't fix the problems outside of our life necessarily, but do we stress on them? Absolutely. The external factors that exist far outweigh sometimes even our own internal factors. And it could be, you know, the economy, it could be the current state of crisis, and the war on terrorism, you name it. I mean, it could be any number of things. But the reality of it is, can we control any of those circumstances? Can we, what can we control? We can control, in some ways, our personal finances, our health and wellness. Okay, we can control, we can't control the hereditary factors, but we can certainly, if you smoke or if you chew tobacco, you can quit doing that. Um, if you drink excessively and you think you need help, don't be afraid to ask because, you know, that can be a problem, definitely a, an issue that we can help resolve. Um, you know, if you're stressing out about things that you feel you have no control over, you need to reach out to someone, call a brother, call a friend, talk to them. I mean, and there are so many outlets available and and yet at the same time i think we so often forget we neglect to focus on what's important and that is really us okay mm -hmm. we matter because we are the patriarchs or the providers or you know the breadwinners of the families in most cases and if we're not capable of providing for our own family how i mean not saying they're incapable of doing it themselves but why create an unnecessary financial burden for things that you have no control over. Absolutely, and you know, there's one thing that my incident with my heart attack illustrated to me is that there is no guarantee for tomorrow. Nope. There, there is, you know, there. enjoy the time that I have with my family, enjoy the time that I have with my wife, with my kids, uh, with the people that I enjoy being around, my my blood versus non-blood family, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. uh, enjoy that time and make the most of it. Scientifically, there's no reason why I really should be here at this point. But you are. But I am, and I, you know, I'm I'm extremely thankful for that. And I've looked at everything with a whole new perspective on life. Yep. And so, you know, it it it's just one of those things where you look at it and you go, eh. You know, th this is a situation. I'm not saying, you know, and you may, you know, you may have several good points. The war on terrorism, civil unrest, other issues that happened locally, regionally, nationally, globally, whatever. We're not saying you're being oblivious to them. All we're saying is that we can't control what's going on there and we can focus on our world. So we'll, I'll, you know, we, we demonstrate, you know, what I talk to my kids about. Be respectful, good manners, treat everybody equally, yep. love everybody. Yep. Uh, you know, focus in your small area of the world, and the rest can happen as as know, things unfold. Essentially, yeah, exactly. You know, and 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 that's the best perspective of them all, right there. I mean, control what you can control. Focus on the mitigating of the immediate. Okay, you've got your health, your wellness, your family and your livelihood. And those are probably the most important things out there, okay? Um, whatever your religious belief structures, that's great, but understand that when it comes down to it, you have to make the right decisions for yourself, okay? Because it has lasting ramifications if you don't. And unfortunately, we've lost plenty of good brothers and <coughs> sisters because of cardiac complications, health issues, and so on and so forth. Um, let's transition into a happier moment here. You, you've got some big news. You just acquired something. 
Maybe. Yeah, you might have. You <laughs> might have uh, taken on the responsibility of a space. We have uh, five bugles has officially signed our lease. There will be a brand new FBI headquarters. You make it sound so official. Uh, I know, doesn't it, though? I just like it. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, special um, agent. <laughs> no, uh, Holiday, Florida. Uh, we have a brand new space. Uh, we're in it now. We're getting it ready. It goes live with our January schedule. Yep. Um, so thrilled. A um, little nervous. A little nervous excitement involved with it because it's a big responsibility. Yeah, you signed a lease. Uh, yeah, yeah, I made a commitment. You made a financial commitment. There's that C word, huh? G. Yeah, commitment. Com- commitment. Don't, don't, don't stop that. It's not vasectomy. Yeah, well, okay, that's, that's true. even That's a worse word. Depending on your perspective. But anyway, <laughs> different conversation, different podcast. <laughs> But no, we're 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 super thrilled. Uh, it's uh, the classroom that we're going to have is uh, nine hundred well, see the the space is nine hundred forty eight square feet. The build the um, the uh, training room, the classroom is big enough for twenty five people. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's got an office and a reception area, uh, but we've also got some options uh, for ex- future expansion as we continue to grow. There's another space right across the hall from where we are. We could do a second classroom. There's a third space on the floor that um, we, we just had our opportunity to conduct the state's first distance learning opportunity. Oh my gosh. Uh, that I had uh, authorization from when I was working here and so we got that handled so that's opening up some opportunities. The new website, I uh, saw the glimpse of it. It's uh, coming. It's coming. It looks awesome. Uh, I saw the glimpses of the new learning management system. So nice. there's our online and blended Wonderful. Uh, curriculums, which are all coming. So uh, 2018 has been a bang up year for Five Bugles. It's been a crazy year for myself, personally, professionally. 2019. 2019, yeah. Well, 2018, 19. Okay, let's just say that year in transition. How about yes, that? Yes, this, this whole process... Yeah, this is 2019. Wow. Okay. Did, I, did I miss the heart attack in 2018? Or no, did, not at all. Okay, I was going to say, because it happened in 2019. I remember I was there. So the last 18 months have been extremely interesting, personally, professionally. Great things have happened in 2019 uh, for Five Bugles. And we are traveling now down a path where 2020 uh, even looks to be so awesome. And, of course, we're starting 2020 off with the uh, with the legislative training summit on the on the presumptive legislation January 10th. Wow, so. I feel like I should say you're making it great again. Okay. Wow. Let, let's make it great. I again. don't have red hair. In fact, I don't have hair at all. No, much he's, less he's, the comb over. He's down here this week. He's he down here down today, here. actually. Oh, well, not where we are. For no, no. He's well. He's further down the road. So, you know. It's been a tremendous couple of weeks. We've had a lot of positive experiences. I've been teaching the last couple of weeks. You've been on a cruise. You've been able to let your hair down. Well, figuratively, not physically. Yeah, can't and let what's not there down. We've got uh, a lot more to look forward to. Uh, next podcast, uh, probably be with Chief Joel Miller. He's going to be coming to Florida here next week. Ooh, and I'm ooh. really excited. So uh, October 11th, he'll be here and we'll be with him. And uh, we'll talk about all things that uh, revolve around Chief Miller and what he's done as a contributor to our service on the social media front, which he firmly believes in uh, as a, a great avenue and a great resource for knowledge and, and, and growth potential. Are we going to call that one the Chief Miller Can Man Radio Show? Uh, it might be the Chief Can. I like Chief Can. Chief Can. Chief Just can. Chief can do anything. Because Chief Can. Why? Because Chief Can. That's all you need to know. Well, on behalf of my co-host, Mark Goldfeder, my good friend, 
and my counterpart in the Cornerstone group. I want to thank you for being here today. I'm glad we got to sit down and do episode four together. And uh, I want to thank Chief Miller again for sponsoring our podcast. Don't forget that uh, if you want to get a Chief Miller shirt for Danny Miller, go to chiefmillerapparel.com and the link is right there on the front. $25, all proceeds go to the family. So that being said, God bless you all. Keep your head on a swivel. I'm going to go back to educating some young minds. How about that? I like it. Have a great day, folks. Thanks for joining. See you later. survived 30 minutes of online training with the can man radio show did you remember to train your probie today the can man knows he knows everything when that 2 a.m lift assist drops the can man will be thinking of you in his dreams